This week on Ultra 64, we played Blues Brothers 2000, but will it make sense if you haven't played Blues Brothers 1 through Blues Brothers 1999? Welcome to Ultra 64, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And if you don't believe we're actually going randomly, we're following up our episode on Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with the fucking Blues Brothers 2000. So that's pretty goddamn random. I thought I thought that was the system. I thought we were just gradually working our way up and we were oh, playing no. Zelda and it kept getting better after that. Oh, <laughs> like <laughs> staggering with like really good with really bad? Like No, no, or, I meant or... like uh, we just each game got better. So we played oh, we Zelda. We that peaked, was yeah. in the middle of the system <laughs> and now we play the next 200 games that are better than Zelda. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. makes sense. That makes sense. That's why we actually. played Blues Brothers 2000. My well, name is Woody Blues. Woody Blues is here. I'm Steve Blues. And uh, we're also joined today by... Michaela Red. Michaela Red. No, oh, my God. Oh, whoops, you're the bit. Oh, no. You're in, a, you're in the wrong... The I fucked it up. You're in the wrong episode. The Red, the red, oh. the red Sisters. That would be... You're out of the band. That would be the enemy, right? Like in the yeah, new one. Yeah, the Red Sisters. Yeah. They're just communist women <laughs> led by Jenny Lewis. I'm actually kind of surprised that that wasn't in this movie. With, right. With the, with the crazy, neo-Nazis. Crazy things that were in it. I mean, yeah. so once again, as is kind of minor tradition when uh, on, on the show, when we encounter a game that's based on a movie, we try and watch the movie first. And usually and we Michaela drag poor Michaela in su- on it. sucked in on that. This most, is a new tradition. Most of the time. So you graduated from Disney czar to mm-hmm. forgotten baby boomer classic czar, I guess. So what, what do we... Oh, so anyway, yeah, this is this is the podcast where we play all the games on Nintendo 64. Right. But we're actually not probably going to talk about a video game all that much on this episode. Not as much. There's a little bit more to go into, and there's just not a whole lot of game to talk about. Um, let's talk about the Blues Brothers. Okay, do the Blues Brothers have any meaning to your guys' life at all? <laughs> like, uh, if the Blues Brothers disappeared from the pop culture landscape, would it matter to the, you? The cover that the Blues Brothers does of the song Can't Turn You Loose by Otis Redding is a fantastic song. Sure. That's like super danceable and fun. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. That I, that's it. I don't. Know. I <laughs> that's don't my care. Extent. I don't care about the Blues Brothers. Never have. I always associated them with Dad Rock. Yeah, and yeah. Just like I don't know, men with fedoras. We we uh, were talking so. about this earlier. How like this the movie The Blues Brothers is like very very important to our parents' generation. Right. We, it I has almost like no all, meaning to us. I definitely remember my parents sitting me down to be like, son. It's time for you to watch the Blues Brothers. There comes a time in yeah. every young man's life. Now, this this musical number is going to explain where babies come from. <laughs> Take it away, Elwood. Did you also have to watch Coneheads, or no? Did they spare you that one? They spared they spared me that. I, I well, I mean, I chose this, to watch Coneheads. This reaches back farther than that. I mean, yeah. it's not like they have nostalgia for Dan Aykroyd particularly it's or just, SNL. Yeah. No, it, it's because the music that is featured in the Blues Brothers, you know, is like hits from the 60s right I, th- I think the only reason we think about the blues brothers at all is just kind of it's a very important facet of like the cult of john belushi you know like mm-hmm. people he's he's one of those really super talented guys who died tragically and young and there's like a lot of stuff that he didn't get to do and i think the same thing kind of sprung up around like james dean and people like that who don't have like a big cinematic footprint but people really really blow up their legacy well, they didn't they the didn't live thing. long enough to besmirch their own legacy it's true it's true <laughs> And John I, Belushi, I assume, I haven't seen the first Blues Brothers, was like the beating heart of the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so he's, this, well, I mean, this Dan, is probably the big reason why the second one wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, Belushi, whatever else you may think of him, he was like this hugely charismatic dude. Like, he was just so eminently watchable. And D- Dan yeah. Aykroyd, I mean, Dan Aykroyd is the creator of the Blues Brothers, but his character that he plays of Elwood is kind of the more the straight man, the straight man who sort yeah. of underplays things. Yeah. And so when you have um, Jake sort of removed from the picture, there's very little energy yeah. that Elwood brings on his own. It doesn't matter how many, like, honestly, it's some talented actors they replace him with in the second movie, but, like, it, you still just can't really fill that void, you know? And, and I, another thing about the uh, first Blues Brothers movie mm. is, I mean, it has a decent amount. I'm not crazy about the movie, but it has some fun stuff going for it. It's really cool. 
I mean, they have some like huge icons of oh yeah, um, you know, blues and soul music, and it like it was exciting in 1980 to like watch a big song and dance number with Aretha Franklin sure. singing "Think" and like. But by the time Blues Brothers 2000 comes out, you know, 18 years later, like seeing just sort of a music video jammed into your movie is not nearly as exciting. Right. Because music videos are all over at this point. Yeah, yeah. And it's even, you know, it's a decent Aretha performance, but it's still just not even all that exciting anymore. There's also just, I, I think that nostalgia goes in waves. Yeah. And so in the 80s, there's going to be a big wave of nostalgia for the 60s. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the 90s late 90s when this 2000 blues brothers 2000 came out very confusing oh it gets so much worse yeah um there's that wave of nostalgia is gone Mm. and everything feels like it's trying way too hard way 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 yeah that's the yeah yeah definitely i'm not saying like this idea doesn't necessarily yeah there's just a sense that like the blues brothers are past at this time oh yeah there's like some kind of like rebooty thing where they form like a punk band or something like that like that might work and so, it, yeah or or acknowledging like i really like the the premise for the upcoming third bill and ted movie is that they're in their 50s and they haven't accomplished the thing they're supposed to accomplish yet to change <laughs> the world and like imminently approve the future so like the whole premise of that is them trying to learn the song really quickly and save the universe i feel like you could do something similar with this have them follow up on their grand quest from the first one this one is lacking stakes like almost completely yeah. like i don't the know what the stakes so are thin and it just seems like a way to shovel in these like musical numbers yeah which i'm well, like some of them are honestly kind of forgettable i was really sad by how sort of just hmm. eh, like respect is an amazing song but, sure like, i don't think that segment of the film did that song any no there's, there's a very speaking of shoehorning the stuff in. there's a very funny scene or i mean funny not in the good way no where uh the lead singer from blues traveler comes and says <laughs> hey you're elwood blues right we're performing in the other room you want to come see and he goes sure i'll be right there and then they then him and the blues brothers leave yes the scene and then they they sort of cut over to Blues Traveler playing, and you're like, that's not... You can't transition to a musical scene without having any of your main characters there. Yeah, they that's are all... action anymore. They're all well on their way. Yeah. They are not participating in this musical number. Why are we staying in this motel parking lot with Blues Traveler? Like, I don't... Yeah. Go, anyway, we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, think, Let me I talk about are. who the Blues Brothers actually are. We, we had are. to just endure two hours of this movie. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. about that. This was a rough night I put you guys through. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the Blues Brothers were created by Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, uh, and this kind of predates SNL. There's some debate on whether this is an SNL movie. It's not really. It kind of predates it. So in the early 70s, when Dan Aykroyd was 20 years old, he owned a blues bar in Toronto, and he just kind of stocked the music with all this like rhythm and blues music that he loves. And he started performing with Second City as a side gig, and that's where he met John Belushi. Belushi would come hang out at his bar after uh, practice, and he got real addicted to all the blues music. And so they used the stage at this little venue to, like, fuck around and play music. Mm -hmm. They did this for a couple years, and then they got cast on SNL. They were part of the first cast of SNL in 1975. And uh, Lorne Michaels let them break out these Blues Brothers characters as the warm-up band. They're like With live TV tapings, like they'll have a comedian or they'll have a band or something, something to get the crowd hyped up before yeah. the show starts. And that's what the Blues Brothers were for a while. And then finally in 1978, they made a first appearance on the show itself. And they got to be the musical guest when Steve Martin was hosting. And it's pretty unusual for cast members to, to be, a be a musical, musical guest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, were they a, so they were the warm-up band. They hadn't released any no. albums. Did they have, were there any sketches? No, no. They had, well, no, that's not true. They appeared once in like a musical number with Howard Shore, who was the composer for SNL at the time, where they were all dressed. They were doing the Blues Brothers characters, but they were all dressed like bees. There was a running bit in early SNL, a running skit about killer bees. So that was technically the first appearance of the Blues Brothers. you know Dan Aykroyd has an autobiography? I really want to read it. it'd be really interesting. He's such a weird dude. Yeah, he's done a lot of weird stuff and and is a weird guy in himself. Oh, God. I mean, he he, uh, was like arrested multiple times when he was a teenager. He was like a juvenile delinquent. Uh, Then he he, joined the seminary. Oh, my God. And then he was in a biker gang. And then he owned it. All this is before he was 20. (laughs) And then he became like one of the biggest movie stars of the 80s and like an Academy Award nominee. And like, and now he Ghostbusters. He's a he's a tequila connoisseur. Yeah, he sells. I thought it was vodka. Oh, vodka. Yeah, he sells vodka vodka. in a skull. Yes. (laughs) It's amazing. I saw something like uh, archaeological students did a reconstruction of the face from the the crystal skull bottle (laughs) and like saw what it would look like if it was a human it's weird 
Um, yeah, Dan Aykroyd, weird dude. And he's like obsessed with aliens and like and ghosts. weird aliens, ghosts and futuristic weaponry. Okay. He's a weird, interesting dude. And by all accounts, like the nicest human being. Like, so he's weird, but he's like a, a very, very, very funny talent. Very guy. Canadian. Yeah. yeah very yeah. Canadian. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, the band finally recorded their first album when they were playing, they were opening again for Steve Martin at the Hollywood Bowl. They played a live show in 1978 and they recorded their first album, Briefcase Full of Blues. And in that album, they wrote kind of the whole story for the Blues Brothers. They're brothers. Uh, they grew up in, in this orphanage. They were raised by this guy who was like the janitor there, but he was an old blues man. And so they got kind of the basic backstory out of the way. So the album comes out. It hits number one on the Billboard charts in its first week. It gets uh, eventually goes double platinum, I believe. Wow. Uh, had a couple of top 40 hits, um, and that made Belushi – that was the same year Animal House came out in 1979. So in that same year, Belushi had the number one show on TV, a number one mm-hmm. album, and a number one movie, which rarely ever happens. So everybody wanted to be in the Belushi business all of a sudden. So they very quickly threw together a pitch for a Blues Brothers movie. Things seemed to be going very smoothly. They're like, all right, we got these guys. These are hot commodities. Let's put them in a movie. Uh, the only problem is they didn't have a script. <laughs> they didn't have an idea of what the movie would look like. And Belushi's drug habit was getting pretty out of control at this point. Um, so he was hard to rein in. So the movie got a $17 million budget in 1979. That's $13 million more than Star Wars. It got, that's a huge budget Whoa, for Was it mostly comedy. to get those artists? It was because of the weird stunts they did. Oh. Like and, and, they, and yeah, they had a lot of film, big cameos. I mean, the Blues Brothers movie is essentially just um, a oh, mix, copyright, a mix of dan- of musical numbers with huge artists, and yeah. then like a bunch of cars running into each other. Basically, yeah. like, so basically. that's where their yeah. budget is. And then you have to put some plot in there in the middle and some pretty, dialogue. Pretty pretty light dot. Like the blue, first Blues Brothers movie is much lighter on plot than this one was. Yeah, yeah. Which and it was better for it, I think, yeah. but. I don't know. It's also longer, but yeah, they the first draft of the script was like 370 pages long Jeez, because Ackroyd no. had Ackroyd wrote the script and he'd never written a script before in his life. He didn't know what it was supposed to look like or how long it was supposed to be. So yeah, and uh, roughly for people who don't know, like one page of dialogue on a script is equivalent to roughly one minute. So that's a five-hour movie. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, like, super long movie. So John Landis, the director, uh, he chopped it down to a lean, mean two and a half hours. Uh, which, by the way, I have a real issue with any comedy longer than two hours. No, it, yeah, oh, I mean, it's not like Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, I have a problem with Judd Apatow movies because of that. I'm like, you know what? You can cut 30 minutes of this shit, and I love it. I mean, you could. The Blues Brothers is more of a musical. Like, obviously, it's a comedy, but like, the point is the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, I feel like musicals sort of get a pass on that. Yeah. Of length. So because Belushi kept uh, disappearing for days on end and going on these coke and drug-fueled benders, uh, production kept getting delayed. Eventually, the budget ballooned to over $40 million. This was looking on track to be one of the biggest box office disasters of all time, but it was not. It was a big hit. Uh, I think it's still one of Universal's most successful comedies. Made $115 million in 1980, which is nothing to sniff at. Um, So, you know... uh, Whatever. There's a reason people like this movie, the original movie. It's fine. I think it's a movie I liked a lot more when I was a kid. Um, but I tried to watch it like maybe two years ago because uh, I still own the DVD for some reason. <laughs> the movie's two and a half fucking hours yeah. long. Like it is so, yeah. so bloated. And, and a like, lot of that is just them sort of crashing through a mall, right? It's so That's, much of that. Yeah, there yeah. are these huge, huge car chases and car wrecks and then they intersperse it with musical numbers and sometimes there's magic and sometimes there's not and it's <laughs> it's just a big sloppy mess but it's funny and it's it's entertaining in stretches but it's two and a half but hours. it's two and a half fucking hours yeah so i don't know i i i couldn't really get behind it so i mean michael you haven't seen the first one no i and i liked this i liked the musical moments in this one i thought they were fine and fun and whatever but the moment that i kind of hated and maybe made me sort of feel, dislike the whole movie a bit more was when dan Aykroyd is going on that rant similar to ryan gosling and la la land of like oh, 
jazz is wonderful and all other music sucks and young people are going to destroy music and I'm an American and a white guy. And I, like, really hated that. And I also hated, you looked this up, like, when he goes off naming all those seemingly famous artists at the end he name drops like one of the film's producers right and that felt really self-serving so that sort of tainted my whole view of this oh yeah cow Mm -hmm. sequel yeah so keep in mind blues brothers 2000 this sequel came out in 1998 now just ignore the title came out 1998 that's 18 full years after the first movie came out 16 years after belushi died of an overdose uh and it opens with a really sad sort of like it does she's dead scene of like dan Aykroyd like getting out of prison just standing waiting for him to pick right him up and he's alone in the suit and it's it's actually like kind of moving and that's kind of the inverse of how the first movie opens the first movie opens with jake getting out of prison and elwood picks him up mm. he's waiting in front of that same prison uh. So, yeah, I agree. That was kind of a weirdly poignant moment mm-hmm. to, like, kind of illustrate that, yeah, th- this is mm-hmm. – Belushi died and this is how we're going to mm-hmm. process it from here. the most sort of serious moment in the film, everything else kind of becomes heightened. And Increasingly silly. silly. Yeah, yeah, very, very silly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so – and like you said, Elwood was always the straight man and now we're putting him front and center and he's got to, like – the the whole gag was that character was that he was terse and that he was inf- unflappable and he never really talked much. Yeah, we the, within about the first ten minutes of this movie, I'm like, is this movie running at you know seventy five percent speed? It seems to be going so slow, agonizing, and just slow. like the way every character talks so slow and the jokes have mm-hmm. gaps between them, <laughs> yep. and so nothing lands as being funny. Um, and it just felt very long. This was definitely, you know, we were an hour and 20 minutes into this movie and it felt like we'd been watching it for lifetimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, I don't really know who wanted this movie or who, I know Aykroyd wanted this movie. movie. He wanted it bad enough that he lost close to 90 pounds to uh, reprise the role, which is good on him. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Um, and they they filled the Belushi role. They couldn't just get one actor, so they had to get three. So John Goodman is the most uh, uh, approximate analog sure. because he's a big, charismatic, fat guy who can sing. Uh, and well, then like, what was it, what were his character traits like? Who was exactly? He? That's the thing. Yeah, you learn early on. It's like okay, we learned that he likes blues and that he can sing, and that he works in in the most bizarre. This this movie features probably the most bizarre strip club. Yeah. of any movie. It's called. Willie strip stripper stripster stripster Stripster. Stripster club yeah Yeah. and so he so the uh, back this up a tiny bit one of the other characters to replace uh john belushi is also a little kid yes who is foisted upon elwood by the um studio (laughs) (laughs) um and he immediately takes this kid to a strip club which there's just no that never comes up as like an issue no like why is the kid in the strip club you keep forgetting the kid exists yeah Yeah. and this is a pg-13 movie and so no one actually takes any of their clothes off. It's rated PG thirteen. Was for... Blues Brothers rated R or PG? I think I think it, it was rated R. Pre, it would have been pre PG thirteen rating. Yeah, yeah, it was pre PG thirteen. So. so it was an R rating just because of some of the language. Yeah. Um, and so this movie was rated PG thirteen clearly for exotic so they could, for exotic so they could dancing. Make yeah. more money, right? Well, and we mean, were talking about that. Michaela was talking about how uh, we want to get a list together of like the the weirdest mpaa rating reasons like (laughs) this one is rated pg-13 for exotic dancing (laughs) oh those exotic dancers i always find thematic content to be the worst rating thing because i have no idea what that is yeah Um, so yeah it's it's super bizarre and it's like if you're gonna have a pg-13 rated movie that's great just don't make a strip club one of your set pieces yeah and then later there's a whole thing where they have a big song and dance number about a phone sex line yeah and you're like why is this the direction that this movie has gone it's bizarre i mean i will give it that i didn't really know where it was gonna go it's not really a raunchy movie no i mean it seems like the appeal this feels like Okay, I think that this idea of bringing back the Blues Brothers 18 years later is a bad was a bad doomed idea because, like I said, the ship had sailed on that nostalgia I for could, both the Blues Brothers and the 60s. There's one and only one long gestating sequel that worked, and that's Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Oh, uh, what about Blade Runner 2049? Oh, I take that back. Blade okay. that was actually better than the first Blade Runner. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, th- this whole movie is wrongheaded, but I feel like the way that it would work better is if you d- do it a PG thirteen and you really lean into sort of like family e things. Sure. Um, and so I mean, the song and dance numbers in this movie aren't awful. No, but this they certainly stack the cast with some ringers. Yeah. You know, so. Holy smokes! This is 
is like there's a scene at the end where they get to a battle of the bands mm-hmm. and they're like introduce what's the name of the competing band like the, the the louisiana gator boys and they they're all standing behind there i mean like look at this look at this mess of people like how are they gonna sound and then they reveal over yeah. to the band and it's composed of bb king is yep. the lead singer Paul Schaefer's the hype man. Eric Clapton. Uh, Eric Clapton's on guitar. Doctor John is on keyboards. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. uh, we got we got uh, Steve Winwood in there. We got Travis Isaac Tritt. Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Yeah, so a bunch of people I've never heard of, <laughs> but they're probably good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, James, and, and J- there's a musical number with James Brown. James Brown. Another appears. one with Aretha Franklin. Johnny Lang, and we got Sam Moore, and we got all these like Wilson it's Pickett. Stacked. Like it's stacked. Absolutely. I, like I was saying, I think there are only three actual actors in this movie. There's Dan Aykroyd, there's John Goodman, and there's Joe Morton, who plays um, Cab, who is the long-lost son of Cab Calloway's character in the first okay. movie. And now he's a cop, and they're trying to convince him to join the band, and that's a whole stupid thing. Yeah. This but, movie is just composed of lots of whole stupid things. Yeah. That, I don't know, this movie puts so much emphasis on throwing more plot points in yeah. when all you want to do is just see the musical sequences. They're, at the end, they're being chased by the police, the mob, neo-Nazis, mm-hmm. and are in a voodoo-like voodoo room in the Deep South. Which all this looks, stuff sounds exciting when I describe it. Right. Holy shit, this movie was boring. Like, it's it's so It takes so long to get anywhere. It's also one of those movies, it really annoys me when... Like, okay, like, if you're a musical, kind of announce that you're a musical early on. The first musical number we see in this is Elwood performing on stage at the strip club with a mic and a backing band. So it doesn't kind of appear like it's a musical yet. And then, like, a good 45 minutes in the movie, we get, like, a, a non diet It felt like 45 minutes. Something it was like probably, that. like, 15 We had a hard in. time gauging how <laughs> yeah. long this movie yeah. was. But they just, like, break out into song all of a sudden, like, in, in the, the the phone sex number or yeah. something. Yeah, and I'm just like. This, was the first movie a musical? <laughs> in yeah, the same kinda. realm that this one was. But again, the first movie was thrown together by a first-time screenwriter on a lot of drugs, mm-hmm. and uh, there the movie kind of got shaped as it went. There's no reason for that now. They had 18 years to put this well, together. Yeah, I mean, the first movie succeeds in the fact that it has, like, energy and craziness, yeah. and this movie, Blues Brothers 2000, just seems to have no energy. People are the bored. the whole thing. It's not even yeah, so much yeah. they're bored, it's that they've aged almost two decades and they don't want to keep doing this. Everyone's moving a bit slower, everything feels a bit more sanitized. The kid dance is pretty good. Oh. The kid's a good dancer. He was a crappy a- actor, but he was a good dancer. I kept waiting for him to do something. All right, so yeah. Buster is the other ki- is the little kid in this. He's foisted off by the uh, at the orphanage at the beginning for no real reason, and then the nuns spend the rest of the movie chasing him down as if the kid was kidnapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which there's no evidence for that, and they were the one who gave him. They the gave kid him the, the kid. Place. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I didn't get that also, whole just plot super point. Boring white bread kid. Like yeah, no personality. He's not even well, annoying. He's just kind of there. I was yeah. I was waiting for the kid to like reveal how talented he was because I'm like, all right, this kid isn't much of an actor, so they probably cast him because he can sing or he can. Or he, he danced okay, like he danced. He danced pretty well, like yeah. he said. No. Singing was fine, and if he's actually playing that harmonica, he's pretty good <laughs> for a ten year old. But still, it's like. You don't need to be here, dude. This, there, yeah, this this movie just it feels extra white, um, and I don't usually notice that in movies. Because yeah, I am closed minded and a jerk. Sure, um, and racist. Yeah, don't forget racist. Wait, let's start that train going. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is that upsetting scene where he's talking about the great figures of the blues, and he's talking to the whole like nine blues brothers bands. Yeah, and there's one black guy in the band. That's. <laughs> I think that's a lot of the reason why this franchise hasn't really endured today. It's because today we call this cultural appropriation. <laughs> we got a couple of very wealthy, privileged white guys singing songs by impoverished black men mm-hmm. 50 years their senior. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it, and they made big hits out of them. Right. And now there are like, my gym teacher in middle school was in a Blues Brothers cover band, oh, okay. which is no. kind of like a photocopy of a photocopy. Yeah. Like, oh. I don't, I don't Being know. in the Queen, the Queen cover band tribute. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it has to be said about Blues Brothers 2000 that it is almost beat for beat the same movie as the first time, just worse. Ugh. Like, it follows the same steps. You know, Elwood gets out of prison the same way, goes to see the nun, goes to get a menial job, gets some kind of vision to get the band back together. Then we get the whole montage of them going to each individual band member and recruiting them into the band. Mm-hmm. Then they get some road gigs. Then there's some wackiness. Then there's a big concert at the end, and then the movie just ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a huge car crash. 
Oh yeah, that, that was that was probably the only scene in the movie that legitimately made me laugh. Yeah, is um they they they're driving away from the cops and go over this big jump and then the cops sort of crash into this pile and they just keep throwing more and more cars over this pile. <laughs> it's like um in Burnout when you play like Burnout yeah, three yeah. in the crash mode and you would just crash into one car and start this chain reaction and other cars just keep sort of crashing in and so this scene of them throwing cars over this pile goes on for at least three minutes yeah it's like that law of comedy where you do something for long <laughs> enough and it stops being like funny the and then it yeah, comes like the back rakes, on itself and then if yeah. it keeps going it becomes funny again right 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 and yeah so, uh, that did make me laugh and that, but again this was a scene that was from the original blues brothers set the record for the most cars wrecked in a single scene in a movie 103 cars well, this, so one this one did did it stop it did 104 like, yeah this okay. one did 104 uh, yeah, cute. <laughs> just to be kind of weird and spiteful mm-hmm. but uh but some you know I liked the car crash. It was cool. It kind of lacked a little bit of internal logic because sometimes yeah. it just seemed like cars were literally being thrown by someone off screen. And this movie has a lot of really bad cuts in that in it. Like there's oh, a scene man. where they go off a jump and then it cuts and the car has landed. You don't actually – or they cut to the inside. It shakes a little bit. You don't actually see the car go off the jump and land. Yeah, yeah. And there's a horrible cut where they're in – they sneak into this – County fair from mm-hmm. a car um, in their car, and then he's like, "Just park it somewhere safe." And then they cut, and they're going around a ring of fire in a different in, in a different car. And you're like, "Did we miss a scene?" <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. It, there's definitely some elements of this movie that are like, "There's a lot of professionals involved in this," and like fundamentally, it's pretty terrible. I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm looking up John Landis's film career right now it's, because I'm wondering if National he's one of Lampoon. Like, sorry, I yeah. No, I, I, because I'm wondering if he's one of those directors that's like, we've always just kind of assumed he's good, okay, but we never actually really examined him. I'm guessing that the movie An American Werewolf in Paris is a Steve favorite. See, well, not really, actually. I saw that movie once. It seems right up your alley. It didn't leave much of an impression at all. I just remember the transformation sequence is amazing. Um, But so let's see. He did, yeah, he did American Werewolf Paris. He did Blues Brothers, Trading Places. That's a pretty good one. I feel like he has a lot of movies that, like, really struck with the time but have not aged that well. Yeah. Like, well, and then he was involved in. the you know in the Twilight Zone movie, uh, he directed one of the segments in that where Vic Morrow and I think another stunt performer died. They were they were there's an accident and they were killed by a helicopter, and John Landis faced some manslaughter charges for negligence. Um, and his film career, that's a kind of recover from. Didn't really bounce back from that. Yeah, this was kind of like his big comeback movie, and, and that didn't really happen. Did this flop? This flopped. This Blues flopped. Brothers yeah. 2000. Blues yeah. Brothers yeah. 2000 flopped because. Uh. Nobody wanted it. Just nobody wanted it. There's also it's a big a... plot hole that I'm sad about now of, like, the strip club burned down. Yeah. And we never learned from the strip. Like, what did oh, the strippers the go do? That's the last we saw the strippers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were kind of establishing the stripper character. I thought character. Were, that was going to be the plot point of them trying to save the strip club from the mob. I and thought that, that was going to be the dropped. whole movie. That would have been we something. Be it would have at least yeah. been a more clear direction. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so the first one, you have the, the impetus of trying to raise money to save the orphanage. And there's no real... This one's just getting a band back together and winning Battle of the Bands. Yeah, they take they take people from their successful jobs to join to to have the and then get trailed by the mob, have mm. their careers collapse, yeah. so that they can come play at a county fair and like a battle in the band in this closed off area no one can get to in the swamp part of yeah. the Universal backlot. I assume yeah. <laughs> that's the thing too. Okay, the. I, 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 I think I think I brought up the John Landis being a good filmmaker thing because this looks like it was made by somebody who does not give a shit about <laughs> lighting, about framing. There were sh- shots like uh, there's a scene where Elwood was talking to the band and the roof of the cop car is like in the shot, mm. like blocking most of his body for no real reason. Like, why is that there? The strip club is the most well-lit strip club <laughs> you will ever see in your life. It's a very bizarre strip club. It looks like yeah. the fucking, like office you know with like fluorescent lights above yeah. like it I just like the gag where like they came back and they were all eating breakfast like bacon and eggs yeah yeah that's <laughs> that would be strip club eggs are not good <laughs> <laughs> they're all fertilized you know. um yeah man not a good movie not a good no, movie we i would i you know we we had the choice mm. before like a couple months ago you're like okay we need it let's we either have tarzan or blues brothers 2000 and i'm like eh let's watch tarzan it's shorter I didn't do it because I thought that Blues Brothers 2000 would be like some horrible soul suck. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, we'll eventually watch that and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But it was a horrible soul suck of a movie. <laughs> I really did not like this movie. And no. It was not, it was not, we watch a lot of like, 
bad movies on purpose. Sure. That are bad in like an ironic, entertaining way. This movie is just super boring. And... It's inept. It's half-hearted. It's... Yeah. And it's a shame because yeah. there is a part of me that's like morbidly curious about these comedies from the 80s, even though they probably haven't aged well, like Animal House and like Blues Brothers. Yeah. Because like that whole SNL lore of like John Belushi and like the original cast kind of running around like wild animals is interesting. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. I'm sure it makes for really watchable stuff, but like in my heart, I'm like, do I want to go through another two and a half hours no, the, of Blues Brothers? There's no way that the first Blues Brothers is as bad as this. Um, no, I'm no, sure it's yeah. not, but it it's is, better, but it's also know, not it's this venerated of, classic that I had come yeah. kind of come to believe when I was a kid because my parents talked it's also it up. A you lot know? of Blues Brothers. I haven't seen Seven Samurai, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. What this. What this should really be instead is they took if they take the money that they put towards Blues Brothers 2000 and just hired all these great blues acts that they hired to be in the movie to be in a concert yeah. and just filmed that concert, yeah. it would be a great concert That'd film. That'd be awesome. And yeah. people would still go back and watch it today and it would be awesome, whereas nobody gives a shit about this movie. And if you intersperse some of the magical realism little bits that are just awkwardly sure. shoehorned into this movie, that just makes it charming, you know? Yeah, yeah like concert how movie Dr. with some John little doing some voodoo, voodoo zombie dance for him. I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah, there is that scene in this movie <laughs> where they, they get possessed and turn into zombies and, and have to perform. I don't know. There's, there's some fun seeming stuff in this movie but it all there's a fun where they're singing like riders bluegrass song yeah and then like horsemen fly over in the yeah. sky. giant skeleton yeah. cowboys that was, like yeah like, i'm like this could be cool really bonkers or just insanely out of left field i was all about but it just was so much was treading water well and they also took a full hour plus to introduce the wacky stuff Ugh, like yeah. it, it was like you know, they, they just kind of introduce the magical element really late in this movie. Like, yeah. I feel like you need to start off, make it make it a musical, make it wacky from the get-go so we know what we're in for and we can have fun. Yeah, I don't know. it's just really tonally all over the place. So we have officially crossed the threshold into yes. becoming a movie podcast. Yeah, yes, we plan. made it. Let's talk about <laughs> Wait, okay, this so how, okay. why, yeah. this, why did they license a video game for Blues <sighs> Brothers 2000? Oh, boy. All right, let's talk about this. Blues Brothers 2000 was released November 17th, 2000, developed by Player Actually, One. in 2000, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, you got that right. Developed by Player One and published by Titus, and this is an N64 so exclusive. So after this movie had flopped. Yeah, after this movie had flopped. So they started developing this game to come out when the movie came out in 1998, which called Blues Brothers 98, whatever. <laughs> the Blues Brothers 2000 is annoying to me. Um, but it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And then when the movie came out and flopped, like it just got delayed in, permanently yeah. until somebody at Titus decided to pick it up. This is our first time talking about Titus. We need to mention them because um, this company is, is kind of, of like... the lesser known Shakespeare plays. It is, it yeah. Is. One of the better ones. Bloodier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one's all about a fox that comes <laughs> in and murders everybody. Uh, so forced to eat his own son. <laughs> Uh, people who played the NES are familiar with LJN and how uh, if you see that little rainbow LJN logo on your game, you you're kind of far away. It's kind of guranteed to be crap. They, that's they your, licensed a lot of garbage. Yes, that's your uh, Back to the Future, your Who Framed Roger Rabbit, your Freddy, your Jason, all those terrible te- Jaws. Yeah. Those are all terrible. Um, so Titus is kind of that for the N64. <laughs> uh, in addition to this game, they also released Carmageddon 64, Automagi- Automobili Lamborghini, Virtual Chess 64, Roadsters, Hercules, Xena, and the infamous Superman. Oh, uh, so all kinds got of goodies. Virtual pool- Chess. Mm-hmm. Virtual Chess. How do you screw up chess? <laughs> we'll You'll find, find out. out. Uh, the company was founded by two brothers in Paris in 1985 as Titus France SA, and then they filed for bankruptcy in 2005, and the company was just dismantled. Uh, the last game they released in the U.S. was Top Gun Combat Zones for the Game Boy Advance. Another long dead license that nobody cares about. Uh, but they released two last games in Japan, which I like to think of as one game altogether. One was called Counter Counter Terrorist Special Forces, and the second one is Garfield Saving Arlene. So I want this whole title to be Garfield or Garfield Counter Terrorist Special Forces Saving, Saving Arlene. Arlene, one of the lesser known people in the Garfield canon. I was trying to remember—is it his cat girlfriend? Yeah, or is it's John's his cat girlfriend. girlfriend. No, it's his cat. John's girlfriend is Liz, the vet. She's she, the one who made him drink all the dog cum. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, um, but. They don't. Be- I saw that. That was nuts. <laughs> they don't become intimately. Actually, it's a shame. Like the premise of Liz and John becoming involved is like they whole. There's whole years of the stretches of him coming and asking her for a date, and her turning him down, <laughs> oh, and then John. eventually. 
Jim Davis is like, oh, they're involved now. He finally, he finally wore down, and then sending the wrong message. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but Arlene is Garfield's girlfriend, who is not seen all that often. Okay, so she was the she was our Garfield. Stay tuned for our Garfield podcast. <laughs> uh, it was really hard to find. I looked through the whole Titus catalog to see if there was one game I can defend. There's one. I get. There's literally one game I'll defend. We've talked about it in the show before. Incredible Crisis. Okay. The button mashing crazy mini game collection of PS One. Uh, it will. It'll break your thumbs. It is quirky. It's quirky. It's quirky. It's, it's cool. different. It's probably not good. No, it's not. But I'd recommend it over anything else that they play. It's a fun YouTube watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Watch someone who's really good at it. I was unable to find much about Player One, but we have encountered them before with Milo's Astro Lane, so our very favorite. And we will see them again with Hercules the Legendary Journeys and Robotron 64. So they worked on that, so that doesn't bode well. <laughs> no, no. A licensed um, Hercules game? Yeah, it's based on the Canadian TV show. Okay. Yeah, we're getting to that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mash that and Xena into the same oh, episode. Because yeah. you gotta. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, so yeah, like we said, Blues Brothers 2000, the movie came out in 1998, but the game Blues Brothers 2000 was delayed until late 2000, almost missing that deadline. Okay. <laughs> it almost came out in 2001, uh, and that just seems needlessly confusing. Um, this is not the first Blues Brothers game. Which is crazy. It's insane to me. This is not the only Blues Brothers so game let, that let's, exists. So let's divulge here for a little yeah. bit. Why, this is in the weird category of games of like things that shouldn't have video games based on them, but do. Right. Yeah. Where like you know we all know that generally movie licensed games are of a lower quality. Sure. Um, because they have they need to be pumped out quickly, and they're sort of capitalizing on the name of the license in order to cut costs on making a good game. Yeah. Um, and so there was a bunch of these movie licensed games, and some of them make sense. Sure. You get your Terminator game. There's clearly a game there. There's a game there. Yeah. Uh, Shrek two. Sure, you could, I can I can see a Shrek two. A sure. lot of the a lot of the Disney things are defendable as uh, video game properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. Animated, yeah, things, animated. Sorry, animated sorry you're right. You're right. I shouldn't. Whatever on the podcast. It's not the podcasting way. Um, so yeah, podcasting is never about men shouting down women. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Um, but there is definitely like a weird thing of like properties where you're like why does this have something based on it and the one that immediately comes to my mind is wayne's world yeah yeah you watch the movie wayne's world you're not like this really needs a video game based on it yeah there's no clear conflict in there there's no any sort of game that's obvious exactly and home improvement goes the same way (gasps) this is really a home this is really a home improvement game is it like a pc game no No, it's it's a super Nintendo. nintendo game the way they got around it is that uh apparently everything's taking place on the set where he films his show about binford tools tool time so yeah, where he feels too. But it's time. like exactly. a crazy set. It's like there's a dinosaur huge. world. He's ah! fighting dinosaurs with I a need nail to play gun. This game. Oh, it's so amazing. Oh, it's so man. terrible. I and love him. It, it does it, uh, a grappling hook though. Yeah, so he gets it's a not grappling that hook. terrible. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure like you have to save Al or something, and then he'll kiss you at the end, like ah! like they always desperately wanted to. Yeah, and there's like more. the new Black Mirror episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Spoilers the farther back you go in gaming history, the more of these that there are based yeah. on. Like, there's like a MASH video game. There's just Is more there? I didn't know about that I don't know, but there's more It depends more on which more level. Yeah. <laughs> it alternates. <laughs> Some are funny. Stuff yeah. obscured by uh, really weird licenses. And I think generally... That's pretty cool, though. I don't yeah. know. I mean, even though they're usually shitty, like I, I really am over like really straightforward... This is an action game, yeah, or this sure. is a blah 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 game. Where as if there's a home improvement game, I'd be really I don't know. That's it forces you to be kind of creative. Of like, it, what I are guess. they going to do with it? So I yeah. guess the the Blues Brothers asked that too. Like, sure. how how do you take? But then the next step is like it has to be fun. Which... I think the home improvement game should have been a Tim Allen dating simulator. Oh, I think I want that. I would have time. loved that. Wait, do you date Tim Allen? Or... Yeah, you try to woo Tim Allen. Okay, yeah, I think you have to you have to work your way up through a series of lesser conservatives I wish Tim Allen until you get to Tim was Allen. Was not a Republican. Yeah, if he wasn't, I would have a huge crush on him. What? This is a shocking confession. I don't like this. Oh, this makes me uncomfortable. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, Sorry, everyone. Cocaine is the theme of this episode, by the way. If we're talking about Belushi and then. Tim uh. Allen. Um, yeah, I, I th- people at home write in, uh, let us know what you think is the most unnecessary video game <laughs> adaptation. There are a lot of yeah. good ones out there. Mm-hmm. There are some that almost appear like they would be a good idea. 
until you actually watch the movie. Like, if you just look at the poster and the trailer for the Robin Williams movie Toys, okay, yeah, seems like a great game. Yeah, uh, did not make a great game. game. Yeah, yeah. Same with Hudson Hawk. You know, it's like, yeah, you watch the trailer, sure. Watch the movie, no. no. There's a Bachelor video game too that I really want to play. Oh, it's, you, it's sitting on my floor, but it's scratched. And we've talked about it before, too, but uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where you play as Keanu Reeves, and you have to fight a 10-foot-tall Tom Waits. It's amazing. Have, it suffers from late uh, Link's Adventure Syndrome, where your short, sword is way too short. <laughs> and they need to, and, and, yeah. I'm stabbing for people listening at home. Stabby, stabby. All right, so like I said, this is not the first Blues Brothers game. That first one came out in 1991. It was on pretty much every system, also by Titus. So I think they just owned the license, and they had to do something with it, or they were going to lose the rights. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that one came out for the NES, the Super NES, the PC. I played that a little bit. Uh, It's a generic hop and bop, side-scrolling platform. With No rhythm games? No rhythm rhythm games games that I recall. really exist at... Uh, that time is an idea. The, I think the music yeah. quality was too crappy. Actually, oh. not bad. I, I I snagged a little bit to play at the end of this episode of like the uh, Super the NES Super soundtrack. NES it's not bad, actually. It's not a bad yeah. little little bit of digital music. And I will say that for Blues Brothers 2002, the music mm-hmm. in this game isn't actually was, all that bad. It was a bop. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Were, like little eight bit like covers of the songs we had just heard in the movie. Yeah. They actually like yeah, right at the start of the game, you see like some of the song names go by mm-hmm. like Respect, but Wilson Pickett, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Can't yeah, Turn yeah. You Loose, and you're like, oh, those are going to be in the game. That's yeah. cool. Cheaper and to keeper. You do. I mean, they sound they sound decent. Mm-hmm. I like chip tuny versions of like old timey songs. I yeah. really enjoy that. I think. Yeah. Um, and this isn't like run out and buy the soundtrack or anything but <laughs> like stay tuned for our new contest yeah. Blues Brothers 2000 on soundtrack vinyl. on vinyl yeah <laughs> that's got to exist yeah. right oh my god alright so it's kind of amazing this game exists at all uh, and and how would you describe this? I would say it's kind of a banjo kazooie ripoff. A, yeah, that's that's how you would describe that's it. That's hundred percent with a rhythm it, element. It looks <laughs> yeah, it looks like banjo kazooie. It, it's amazing. Like I didn't realize there were so many banjo kazooie knockoffs no. that like stole it. Like Forty Winks totally stole totally. this sort of menu layout and font. Yeah, in this game, to guys are kind of short and deformed. Yeah, does not look like they clearly did not have Dan Aykroyd's likeness. No, they had they had a guy with a suit, a yeah. skinny guy with a suit. Um, and so you start in prison. You start in prison. Um, and the it's guard very <laughs> cartoony. It's very like I don't really know what they're going there's for there's a funny here. piece of dialogue where he's like oh no the battle of the bands is in two d-. it very it sort of loosely follows the plot of the movie kind but of? not accurately at all they're like oh no the battle of the band is in two days and then the guard comes up to you in prison and he says the evil warden wants to keep you here but i don't like her either and then he just gives you the key and you're oh like, is that what happened yeah. i thought he just dropped the key. i was not paying attention to what no, he was he, saying he's, he does not like the evil warden mm-hmm. Yeah, and this like, one, there's no evil warden in the movie. And Elwood has like a poster of the voodoo priestess from the movie, who's played by Erica Badu. Uh, but you don't in the movie they don't know that she even exists until like, like the last the half of the movie. Just like a fun Easter egg for the fans. Yes. Yeah, you know all those Erica Badu heads playing this game. There's a big Venn diagram <laughs> crossover: Erica Badu fans, Blues Brothers 2000, the video game fans. Those circles almost overlap. Yeah, yeah that's why this absolutely. game was a huge hit, right? Yeah, <laughs> huge hit, and that's why um, it is. I think I did the numbers on it. It is the second worst selling game on the system, Whoa. not including uh, Blockbuster exclusives. Ahead of I had Super no Bowling or something. Uh, I think yeah, Super Bowling is the only thing that sold worse than this. Uh, yeah, Super. You guys that? No, I'm sorry, Super Bowling and Carmageddon '64 okay. sold Another worse Titus than this. Game. Another Titus game. Have you guys played this? Uh, we, we played, played Super Bowling. Bowling. Yeah, it was very bad. Really bad. Uh, it was of the system. It was the bottom of our list for a while. while. Yeah. Uh, now it's like fourth from the bottom or something we played some shit <laughs> yeah um so you have to go rescue cab who is in jail yes and you have to which is again very inaccurate because in the movie he is a police chief yeah and <laughs> this one you start off with him as a blues brother and you're in prison yeah. mm-hmm. uh all right so elwood you control elwood and you leave your cell uh you step on little cds to kind of give you gameplay tips 90 mm-hmm. of them are how to control this finicky ass a very bad camera. unresponsive camera you, yeah last week you were hyping up uh, the joys of z-targeting yes. in Ocarina of Time and it, we this immediately week, remembered why after playing this game perfect demonstration of why we need it in this game uh, you have a weak ass little punch it's, it's very similar to the Mario punch yep and but you can't actually you can't jump on people's heads in this game. You can't Only jump can on punch. people's heads. 
And uh, you can do a butt stomp, though, like that Dan Aykroyd seem... does in real life. Yeah, too, exactly. I assume. Um, but it doesn't seem to do anything as a attack. No, no. So what the hell is this game? So, you, yeah, you start in We're prison. We're going from door to door. And you go, it's kind of like a little, there's four major worlds. I think there was a prison. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. I don't even remember what scenes uh, took place in Chicago in the movie. Um, I guess the strip club's in Chicago. I think that's no. most of the no. game. No. The band back together. I didn't see, no. no. This game is rated E for everyone. So I'm sure there's no uh, strip no, club yeah. level in the game. Not even like the movie level. And then PG-13. there's a graveyard and a swamp. Right. Um, graveyard, I don't think was a graveyard was in the movie where they yelled at the mob guys who were having a funeral. Oh, that's right. Yeah. In a very yeah. cruel scene. They, they, they again, they're trying to recreate the scene, so they need to get this one guy. And in the movie, the first movie, when they need to get this guy, they go to the restaurant where he's now the mater D, and they make asses of themselves by eating loudly and like being crass and obnoxious until the guy gets fired and joins their band. Mm-hmm. This time, the guy's a funeral director, so they show up to a funeral and start yelling vulgarities about the dead person and saying they're going to harvest the corpse's dick. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's an escalation that's just not funny. <laughs> I don't know. So I was I was very in favor of the uh, Russian mob guys that were shooting at them as they left that funeral. <laughs> it was easy to uh, root mm. for the mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you start out in the prison and you just sort of go from room to room solving, I don't know, quote unquote solving. Each room, I mean, we only went through about five, three or four different rooms. We were very drained after watching the movie. <gasps> very drained. So we did not give <clears throat> this game the attention that it quote unquote deserved. Also, uh, we kept dying and yeah. uh, it makes us restart the whole level with all the cutscenes every time. Yeah, it's it's very hard to fight the dudes in this game. Yeah. Your punch is really sucky. And so like the first room room you have to punch out vents and then crawl into them to hit switches in order yeah so there's like a little bit of a puzzly thing there kind of the second room sort of has some trickier jumping and going through these electric gates and here's the part where you have to save one of your band members and he teaches you a very very basic rhythm action game uh-huh. which is literally the line turns blue and you press a that and is the rhythm this is so weird because uh the timing does not really seem to be aligning with the music no and it also doesn't seem to super matter when you press that button. The game just cares that you press the button eventually. I don't even think it would care if you press the button. I think it would just I, let you continue. I think if you stare at the screen hard enough, you would just squint a little bit. Yeah. Like it'll it'll stop. Was, was it? I don't think this. I don't know who this bandmate that you rescued was supposed to be because he's a guy with this huge afro and a comb, which is definitely not a character in the movie. I didn't recognize him from the movie, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, not that I can name all the band members. And so your third room that you go into, there's this sort of... Every yeah, the characters in this game are very unappealing. They're very uh-huh. inconsistent on size. Like some of the guards are huge. Some guys are f- sort of look two dimensional and flat with big tall hair. And then and so Elwood you- is like child size. He's like Dan Aykroyd's like a tall dude. Like I don't know why he's so sh- the character's so small. In this. And then you go into this. Yeah, so who is this game for? I guess that's a, like the design make me think it's kind of for kids. But the movie, The Blues Brothers, does not seem like it's for kids. The exact demographic is parents who liked this and want their kids to like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Maybe, uh, but like, I I, I think you hit it. That didn't work, though, because they didn't take the kids to go see the movie, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. so. So anyway, you go into this third room and the character there is this like totally oversized blocky nurse. Mm. Um, And she has this huge needle. She's actually her design is kind of disturbing. Um, And she says, hey, Elwood, I need your help. Will you, all the patients are going crazy. Will you run them up to me so I can give them their medication? Mm. And then you have to step on these panels, like literally running back and forth the panels that have different directions on them to guide patients who are in straight jackets to the nurse. And the controls here are all reversed. It's not fun. No. Um, and then the nurse grabs them and injects them with her huge needle. Yeah. It's And they die, supposedly. <laughs> like, they die? I don't They disappear. <laughs> they, I don't know. <laughs> they they it, get sent off to wherever Jack Nicholson got sent it, off to get his true. lobotomy. It's, it's a very weird... I mean, because there's nothing like this in the movie. No. And it's a very weird way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just dark and, like Woody said, not fun. Also, the idea of... This the controls for this minigame are so bizarre. Like you have to press the opposite button. Like it's mirror, yeah. you know. Like so, you if you press up, then the guy walks towards you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of calibrating, and then there's little barriers moving up and down to try and block you. Mm-hmm. 
hugely pointless. Um, and then you have to fight the nurse, and she killed me instantly because she was yeah. My let's punch did not work yeah. again. We're missing some very basic internal logic. Like I don't care if it's madcap or off the wall, but we need to have some kind of internal logic to understand that this is a world where that happens. And in this game, it's like all right, so. Here, I want you to help me get all these patients to come to me and I'll give them a needle. Okay, you did that. Great job. Now fight me. <laughs> like, this is like if you're going around doing chores for your neighbors and you finish <laughs> raking their lawn and you clean out their gutters and then you have to go inside and duel them to the death. <laughs> like, that makes no sense yeah. to me. So, and you randomly got big spring shoes in this room, too, that yeah. makes you jump higher, which... Which, which I think, again, from... straight from Banjo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. But there was no point. I, there was no spring shoes in the movie, which is honestly too bad. Yeah. I mean, most movies, I think, would be made better with spring shoes. I want 100% more flubber Titanic. in yeah. films. Ti- yeah. I, Titanic with spring shoes, I think, would, would actually really have something there. Yeah. That, that would be the new number one movie. They're gonna, James Cameron's going to do a re-release mm-hmm. of Titanic in the theater, but it'll be called Titanic with spring shoes and, and, yes. and boing sounds. <laughs> the, the Titanic wore tennis shoes yeah. starring <laughs> Kurt Russell. I think he was in that, right? I don't he, remember. He was in the computer wore tennis the computer, shoes. Yes, got it. Okay, but he wasn't in the Titanic wore tennis shoes. Which is not not a real movie, but he will be when we make it. Give it time. Give it time. It's happening. Uh, So let's move on to the multiplayer. Yes, there's a multiplayer component to this game. Kind (laughs) of. How do we describe this? Okay, it's like it's a rhythm action game. At first, we thought we had four player functionality because you get to choose from the four Blues Brothers. Not the case. Two player only. Uh, sorry, Michaela and Nicole, who had to <laughs> nah, sit out on this one. Didn't, they, you, you didn't feel too sad about it. <laughs> um, again, it's an extension of the little button-pressing minigame that we played earlier, except now it's competitive. It's, it's, it's a race. It's so a race. Like, you, the, the screen will flash a color, and you will press either A or B, and then it will move on to a more complicated command of like left and then A, and then left, right, A, up, down, right, A. Mm-hmm. Um, and you seem to be able to press the directional arrows whenever you want and then but then you have to time the actual button press to it lighting up but that even wasn't 100 percent for me because i tried it i tried just pressing the button on the gray and it worked yeah Uh, and you're and you're right it doesn't line up with the music all that well they're not really playing any distinct song at this point did you ever play any of the multiplayer of parappa the rapper no okay i didn't i didn't i didn't either i wasn't i was curious if this is in any way anything like what they did. I mean, like I imagine that it is, except I'm sure it's worse. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. The rap is cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it was not good. It was not a good. It was and, and one it, of the more bad. It's definitely the most unique and weird uh, multiplayer mode I've seen on the system so far. And they wanted us to. Uh, there were hearts above us that keep track of how many rounds you'd won. And there were mm-hmm. like six hearts yeah. for each. Like, we're going to play this game five times and play best, like, five out of seven. Yeah. And it's like, no. yeah, we really have no. the patience for that. Yeah. I mean, we have this podcast, so apparently we have patience for a lot. But <laughs> uh, maybe if we didn't sit through that whole movie yeah. first, we would have uh, had a little more energy to do that. Blues oh, Brothers yeah. Oh, no. That's a whole day. That's a, that's a that's day. Five hours of Blues Brothers. <laughs> I I am full of Blues Brothers. Yeah. I got I'm, a briefcase full of Blues Brothers. <laughs> I've got a colon full of it. Let me yeah. tell you, it is backed up. Yeah. Oof. Do we have anything else to say about Blues Brothers 2000, the movie or the game? I feel like we would have mm. given this game more of a chance had we not watched the horrible movie. This is actually, I will say, mm. I think this is a situation where the licensed game is better than the movie. That's not saying a lot. No, it's uh, not. But yeah. there, there is. Uh, Tell that I, to Aretha Franklin. Well, you don't. She's not even in the game. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I mean, they, they give so credit they, to the Otis Redding version of uh, "Respect" in the. Well, it's because yeah, he wrote the song. He wrote the He's song. Got yeah, the song yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. It, this is not good at all. Um, I think it is slightly better than some of the other things we've played. It's better than I thought it was, was going to be, honestly, for being such a baffling game to exist in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for being a delayed two years from a movie no one liked licensed game <laughs> yeah. on something that shouldn't even have a licensed video game in the first no place. No way, no way, no like, way. It's, there was clearly effort put into it. I mean, we played only like four rooms and there was a different challenge in each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes so, me like, wonder like, what the other worlds are even like. Yeah, like I, it, I would have been curious to go play this game more and see what other the challenges were if the combat wasn't so busted and yeah. difficult. Oh yeah, if you weren't uh, dying like every time you enter a new room. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, from what I understand, the game's pretty short. Like it's only like five or six little levels per world, and there's only four worlds. Yeah, and so it's we, pretty we short. A level in like three, five minutes. Yeah, it, it didn't take long. Um, it, 
I can't imagine this is one I'll revisit, but maybe just out of sheer morbid curiosity. I don't know. Uh, it's definitely. I would, again, int- I would rather spend two hours playing this game than watch Blues Brothers 2000 again. This is, I'd be curious yeah. if at the end, like you get to watch all the little like band members play. Oh yeah, a song. that'd be kind of cute. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's you asked way back at the beginning. You asked about what if the Blues Brothers went away? Yeah. what would we lose? We would lose the Blues Brothers parody that they have in Earthbound of the Runaway Five. Oh, which is you're a beloved right. Earthbound you're moment. right. Oh, I forgot yeah. about the Runaway Five. Oh, that's delightful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, the Blues Brothers flush it. I'm gonna let's move on to our rankings. Uh, yeah, each week we are ranking all the games we played. We're up to number 140. Did, were you just trying to like invent a new like premise and catchphrase for this show, <laughs> like Ultra 60 Floor flush it or? <laughs> Just flush it. Flush it or touch it? No. no. I'm just, uh, that's my personal catchphrase. <laughs> oh, flush okay. it. You haven't heard me say that around? No, I haven't. I'm like, oh, guys, I'm not liking this box. movie anymore. Let's flush it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a lot of pain meds right now. I should clarify. <laughs> it's probably clear by this point, but yeah, I threw my back out again, which I think it's could a new be. Tradition. This could be like part of the Ultra 64 drinking game. Did Steve throw his back out again? <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on to the rankings. I'm going to go first here. Um, yeah, like I said, not as low as I was expecting, but also still pretty low. This is going to be my new number one, two, three. That puts it between Earthworm Jim 3D just above and Vigilante 8 just below. Yeah. It's It gets points for weirdness. It gets points for, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a, a, a fondness for... Things that shouldn't exist yeah. for things that no one loves. Um, so I can I, I'll, I'll throw that tiny little bit of love towards this game. I think I think Earthworm Jim 3D is a decent comparison in the sense that it it plays about the same level of quality, but it doesn't have those horrible boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that makes sense. I'm putting it in a similar spot, uh, which is number one fifteen, mm-hmm. which is right above Starshot, the circus game. Okay. Um, Starshot was annoying because it had lots of bad platforming. We kept falling off of. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, at least not yet, didn't seem to have too much of that. Wasn't um, yeah, wasn't totally totally broken like Starshot was. Yeah, I would. I, I feel like those are sort of. I would just as well play either of those in terms of weird bad platformers. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you've played more weird bad platformers or weird bad games than you have good games? Um, probably. Yeah, I think the N sixty four doesn't have a ton of weird games. Oh, um, not too many. I think that the development costs for it sort of were prohibitive to that, and a lot of the weird games kind of went over to PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Um, we definitely played much more wor- bad games than we have good, and that <sighs> definitely would definitely more... be a takeaway in general. But that's the case with all systems. I think that's very true. Yeah. Michaela, where's this going on your list? I think Harvest okay. Moon 64 is currently your number it one. It is currently my number totally one. Totally respectable. My small but, but, you know, lovely little list yeah. is Harvest Moon, Tarzan, and Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue, in that order. And, yeah, I mean, I guess I got to put this at the bottom because I love yeah. Toy Story 2. Like, I don't know. This, unfortunately, I also love things that are weird and shouldn't exist, oh, yeah. like Home Improvement, the game. Sure. But uh, this was just clunky and slow and, like, frustrating. Yeah. So if it's going to be weird and it shouldn't exist in the first place, it should at least be fun to play. Yeah. yeah. And it's so derivative, too. Just mm-hmm. yeah, That's the thing. If this game was easier, I would... I would give it more of a chance. I think so. But it's so. certainly not a game I want to put up with a challenge. You do not yeah. want to try no. at this game at I all. Give no any way. Of the Blues Brothers more of my time. No, definitely not. Well, in that spirit, let's wrap up the show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember, we still have our contest for the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time vinyl soundtrack going on until June 22nd. Uh, so you can uh, I'll, I'll leave the instructions in the liner notes once again for that. But, uh, yeah, just just help promote the show a little bit. You enter a chance to win a lovely, beautiful soundtrack to a game that you want to listen to. Um, tell your friends it's a movie. If you have trouble convincing people to listen to a video game podcast, tell them it's a movie podcast and yeah. then have them listen to the first half hour of this show. <laughs> and then make them watch Blues Brothers 2000 just to get caught up. Yep. <clears throat> um, next week... We are dipping back into racing game territory, sadly. Oh. So um, this means we want some co- uh, questions from you guys just on any topic about anything because we like having little discussion questions to pad out the racing game <laughs> episodes because there's very little to talk about. But we will be talking about NASCAR 99, oh. NASCAR 2000, oh. and GT 64. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so uh, yeah, please send us questions. I'm not, I, I can only make the turn left joke so many times <laughs> with the NASCAR game. 
Uh, that about wraps it up for you. Michaela, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for having me. Enduring the movie once again. Love the movies. Do you, uh, hate do you, the movies. Do, do you guys want to sing some blues to close it out today? I think we better. There it is. What song are you singing? I don't know. That's singing blues. <laughs> well known. Well known blues song. Three and a half men thing. We're playing NASCAR next week. I'm driving left. Yeah, tune in for that. Bye, everybody.